0: I am reminded of those who have lost loved ones uh, in war, and I would uh, like for us to be remembering them as as you're sitting there and through the service and as we sing and in the time of prayer and reflection that we might uh, ask God's mercy and peace and healing to be upon them. It's important, amen? Amen. It's not a long weekend, but I digress. There is uh, a bulletin that you may uh, check out on your own. Uh, One thing I would like for us to remember is that Tuesday is not going to have our sit and be fit. Right, Ashley? And the uh, Bible study on Tuesday will not happen on, on Tuesday as well. So uh, mark that in your calendars. There's an event here uh, with our sister church, Victory Outreach, uh, and they are going to be having a memorial service for one of their brothers who has gone on to be with the Lord. So we thought it would just be best to give them as much space as they need. It could be a pretty large uh, memorial service for them. So uh, also in your prayers, just lift up the, uh, the family members who miss this young man so very, very much. And with that, we will open with Holy, Holy, Holy. and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, the truth is not in us, and we deceive ourselves. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the peace of the whole world Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God, power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God, Hallelujah! sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity in the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Peace be with you.
0: And also with you.
1: Today we have uh, a couple of readings that you can uh, join in and follow along if you'd like to. Uh, We'll be reading Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. And I just want you to know your life matters to God. We're gonna be looking at something in this reading called Hot Coals and Send Me. Let's read it, see what I'm talking about. Isaiah six, one through eight. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, Lord Almighty, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. I'll get that later. I'm gonna read Psalm 29, which is printed in your bulletin. And I'd like you to join me with that, if you would. Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord, glory to his name. Worship the Lord in his splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert, of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as a king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people The Lord blesses his people with peace. You can now join me if you'd like in the Pew Bible uh, on 1692, I believe. Uh, We'll be reading uh, chapter two of Acts, one verse 14. We skip then to 22 through 36. Again, you can find it on your Pew Bible or your own Bible, which could be a different page other than 1692. Starting with uh, the um, 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne seeing what was to come he spoke of the resurrection of the messiah that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead nor did his body see decay god has raised his, this jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it all of us are witnesses exalted to the right hand of god he has received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel Be assured of this, God has made this Jesus from whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. The word of the Lord.
0: Hallelujah, lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life hallelujah i um am going to need a bible Uh, My scripture isn't on (laughs) there. (laughs) Could I borrow your Pooh Bible from you there, Helen? Thank you. All right. Pardon me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? All right. John 3. 1 through 17. Okay, so the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Amen. Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, We know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because we know nothing good comes from any other source. Amen. Let me quote some scripture here for you. Genesis, or excuse me, um, yeah, this is Genesis. And the tempter came, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Then the devil, excuse me, that's Matthew, I'm sorry. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. The Genesis, the scripture that I wanted to share with you, I believe is Genesis 3.1, and that is where Adam and Eve are in the garden, and we know that the serpent was craftier than all the others. And he said to the woman, Did God tell you that you would die if you ate of this tree? And she said, I'll paraphrase something like, yes, he said, do not. Touch it or eat it or surely you will die. And Satan, the serpent, said, you surely won't die. He just wants you to not be and know what he knows. Satan is still misquoting scripture and misrepresenting the nature of God. And Satan works in dark places. Rampant on the internet, rampant on the pages of Facebook are declaratives about Jesus that just are not true. Horrible things have been written. False equivalencies stating, or rather stated as facts about Jesus and his followers. And these things are stated and, and passed along and shared in order to push an agenda. To push a candidate or to push a party And what we are witnessing is this. We are witnessing a biblically illiterate world using the Holy Bible and twisting Scripture to further an agenda. And often, too often, we see a biblically illiterate church that listens and then nods their collective heads. And preachers are to blame. The people also need to abide in the word. We talked about abide in the last few weeks. But one cannot abide in the word if they don't take time to hear it, to study it, and to meditate on it. And just as we cannot survive on one meal per week, neither can we thrive by hearing only the word or being fed on one day, on a Sunday each week. The problem that I see, and as I just stated, is that deceptions like the ones that Satan put out, happen in real life, in real time, all the time today. And these deceptions can lead to a lot of confusion and harm. And one of those deceptions is related to the theme of today's gospel that you heard earlier in the service. Every so often someone will ask where did you Christians get the idea for the Trinity? Why you can't even find the word Trinity in the Bible. Now people say this with such sincerity maybe even authority and acceptance enthusiasm that it's easy for us to get flustered, maybe confused, and begin to wonder if the doctrine of the Trinity is just a man-made idea. might ask, where is the, fall- the fallacy in their argument? They are actually making the assumption that something without a name does not exist. Let me explain. These people are saying that something is not true simply because we don't have a name for it. Is, is that a valid line of thinking? No, it's not. Did people go flying off into space until someone came up with the word gravity? Of course not. Gravity has been an effect ever since the second day of creation. Just because we didn't always have a name for gravity, it doesn't mean it didn't exist. And the same thing is true for the Trinity. While it is true that the Bible does not use the word Trinity, it doesn't mean that it isn't there. So let's take a look at the words of Jesus in today's gospel. This reading, which is familiar to all of you, is the story of Jesus' conversation with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And in the past, one of my brothers or sisters at uh, Lutheran Church of the Cross actually came up with a children's program that was called Nick at night. And it was pretty successful. David wasn't, I don't think, born yet, but, um, but my kids, uh, John, the oldest, was a part of that. So we go back to the story that Nicodemus was honestly curious about Jesus' teaching, and he wanted to know more. And so he came to Jesus after he finished his duties for the day, and could have a little one-on-one time with Jesus. And I am absolutely certain that many doctoral theses have been written about the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. But for today, let's just concentrate on this, and that is the idea of the Trinity and how it affected Jesus' words. First of all, Jesus spoke of being born again. And when Nicodemus expressed his confusion over this concept, Jesus answered this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And he said, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Because the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, where would Jesus' answer be without the Holy Spirit? He basically says to Nicodemus, Stop thinking of trying to enter the kingdom of God Under your own steam. When a baby is born, it has absolutely no say so in the matter. The mother brings the baby into the world whether the baby wants to come or not. And in a similar way, when a Christian is born into the kingdom of God, he has no say so in the matter. The Holy Spirit brings the Christian kicking and screaming into the kingdom of God. You don't have to know how it works. The Holy Spirit knows how it works and that is enough. Jesus' explanation makes no sense whatsoever unless the Holy Spirit is real. I just torpedoed the thought that is prevalent out there in the world that I chose Jesus as my personal Savior. You didn't choose him. He chose you. And later in the conversation, Jesus answered Nicodemus, as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, we so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And here Jesus tells Nicodemus how the Holy Spirit brings a Christian into the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit causes the person to believe in the Son of Man who is lifted up just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And then, immediately in the very next sentence, Jesus continues with this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life and here we we get to witness Jesus tell nicodemus that the holy spirit brings a christian into the kingdom of god by causing the person to believe in the only son of god in one sentence jesus tells nicodemus that the Holy Spirit causes the person to believe in the Son of Man. And then in the next sentence, he tells Nicodemus that the Holy Spirit causes a person to believe in the Son of God. And these statements make a whole lot more sense when the Son of Man and the Son of God are the same person. Where would this part of Jesus' answer be? Without the Son to come into the world? And for that matter, a Father to send him into the world? Thus we see that this whole conversation is totally impossible without a Father to send a Son. A Son who is both God and man and who will be lifted up like the sil- serpent in the wilderness, and a spirit who gives new birth into the kingdom of God by producing faith, producing faith in the Son. We, we, we not only learn about these three persons, but we also see the role that each one of them has in our salvation. In this conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus tells us everything that makes Christianity unique among all of the other religions of the world. Only Christianity has a God who is a community of three persons. Only Christianity has a God who loves us enough to sacrifice his only son to save us. We learn something else in today's gospel. We learn about Nicodemus, where it says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. And later on in the gospel of John, we will read in John 19, 38 through 40, that after Jesus had died, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate, That he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate did give him permission. And so he came and he took away his body. Then we hear Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. And so they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices. As is the burial custom of the Jews. Nicodemus was an example of what the Pharisees and the rulers of the Jews were supposed to be. He was not corrupt, he was doing his best to lead a God pleasing life. He was doing his best. To lead the Jews according to God's command. And even so, Nicodemus, because of his excellent training as a Pharisee, he knew that he had not kept the law as he should have. He knew the scriptures and the Holy Spirit had used that knowledge to convict him of his sin. Nicodemus was also a sinner who needed the forgiveness that comes with faith in the Son of God who was lifted up on a cross for the sins of the world. In this noble and uh, gentle man who actually lived up to the code of conduct of the Pharisees, he knew that he was still a sinner in need of God's grace and where does that place you and where does that place me sinners in need of god's grace we must stand with isaiah today when the reading it was said woe is to me for i am lost for i am a man of unclean lips and i dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips If a man of such upright character as Nicodemus is a sinner in need of God's grace, then we too can only come before God and beg for mercy. And we have mercy. We have mercy. We have mercy. We have mercy from. The Father has sent the Son to save the world. The Son has sacrificed himself on the cross in order to provide forgiveness for you and for me and has risen from the dead. And the Holy Spirit has shown our sin to us and then given us a new birth into God's kingdom so that we might receive the Son's gift of forgiveness through faith in him. Each member of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit has done his part to save us from our sins. And as far as the fact that the Bible does not use the terms triune or trinity, it is not important that the actual words be in the Bible. What is important is the teaching is there, and it is there. And Genesis begins with God creating the Spirit, with God creating the Spirit hovering and the Word through which God is created. Revelation 14.1 speaks of 144,000 who had the name of the Lamb and the name of the Father written on their foreheads, as well as the Spirit, who along with the Bride invites us to drink of the water of life. The books in between, Genesis and Revelation, are impossible to understand apart from the teaching that the Father is God That the Son is God, and that the Holy Spirit is God. And yet, there are not three gods, but only one God. We don't have to understand it. We just have to believe it. In the name of Jesus, amen.
2: Praise his name, I'm fixed upon it, the name of God's redeeming love, hitherto. see. Take and seal it, seal it for the courts above.
0: Will you please stand if you're able? Let us confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
3: As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one, whether here or elsewhere, to praise your holy name, to give thanks for your only Son, Jesus, our Savior, and for the Holy Spirit who guides our daily lives and keeps us in the one true faith to the saving grace of your Son. Heavenly Father, on this Memorial Day weekend, We give you thanks for the members of the United States Armed Forces who have lost their lives defending the people and freedoms of our country since our founding nearly 250 years ago, as well as protecting the people of other countries who have faced and still face today oppressive and destructive leaders inspired by Satan's greed for power. Holy Spirit, as we gather with family and friends this weekend, help us to not forget the true meaning of the vast and terrible personal sacrifices represented in our National Memorial Celebration. Help us to pause quietly, even for a moment, Lord, to consider the incredible cost borne by individual patriotic Americans and their surviving families to protect the welfare and freedoms of our nation. Also Holy Spirit. Though no foreign power has ever defeated our nation and eliminated our freedoms, we face a real threat today by members of our own society, including government leaders, to defeat our form of government. Help us, Lord, especially our younger generations, to see the threat clearly and respond as if our very way of life were being attacked. Holy Father, we give you thanks for the men and women serving in law enforcement positions throughout the United States. We're faced with lawlessness and chaos in our major cities, including personal attacks on the individuals we depend upon to guard our safety. Please guide them to perform honorably and protect them all from harm, both physical and moral. We know we should trust you, Holy Father, because you have always done what is best for us, your children even when we can't recognize it until much time has passed. However, our constant sin feeds our lack of trust and our need to be in control of everything. Our country, and indeed the world, is in a bad way. And you know this already, including the root cause, our sin. Only you and your word can we trust. But this is very hard when everything else we hear, read, or are taught in our society is based on lies. Help us, Holy Spirit, to see the truth and to follow him. Holy Father, millions of people throughout the world are suffering greatly. Beyond the COVID virus, there's serious famine and starvation, war, terrorism, and hopelessness, the lifeblood of Satan. God Almighty, please save us from these calamities on earth. Heal our family and friends suffering from many diseases of the body and mind and give us your peace in the knowledge of your saving grace. We pray for those who are lonely, distraught, fearful, in despair, or frustrated and angry. We blame everyone else for our sin, just like Adam and Eve did, and we respond with violence at every provocation. We're a very sick society, Holy Father, and need the corrective discipline, though we should fear it, that only you can administer to bring us back from destruction. Please save our nation and its younger generations from the mistakes and failures of our generation. Save our children from the self-serving distortions being taught in classrooms today. Help us to love one another as you created us, rather than focusing on reasons to criticize and cancel each other. We continue to thank you for our form of government in these United States that you designed through the work of our founding fathers. We pray for wisdom for our elected leaders, all of them. Thank you for continuing to shine light into the darkness of deceit, hypocrisy, and greed so that all can see the activities of those who feel superior to those they're elected to serve. Help us to choose honorable and humble leaders in the future. We continue to pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals who continue to face danger every day. Thank you, Holy Father, for our small congregation of faithful Christians and the pastor you have provided us. Please continue to guide us in our faith and to support one another as we all face life's difficulties. In spite of the evil and chaos surrounding us on earth, which can be overwhelming and depressing. We thank you with all of our hearts and minds for Jesus' saving sacrifice, and for the Holy Spirit guiding us and keeping us in faith to Jesus' saving grace. We pray that you would open the hearts and minds of all who either deny Jesus as your only son and our Lord, or who are in doubt. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace, still responsibly and at a distance. Waving's good. (laughs) Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God. You have revealed your glory as the glory also of your Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons, equal in majesty, undivided in splendor, yet one Lord, one God, ever to be adored in your everlasting glory. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy highest in the night in which he was betrayed our Lord Jesus took the bread he gave thanks and then he broke it giving it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me and again after supper Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. He did it all. Amen? Amen. We are just receiving the gifts, the grace, the eternal life, all that comes through our baptism, all that comes from this meal. We just receive. Amen? Well, then let us receive, because I heard you confess with your lips that Christ is your Lord and Savior. The ushers will bring you forward. You may be seated. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is, Here I Am, Lord.
4: By the Lord of sea and sky I have heard my people cry All who dwell in dark and sin my hand will say